Onapsis is the leading provider of solutions to protect ERP systems from cyber attacks. Customers can secure their SAP and Oracle business critical platforms from espionage, sabotage, and financial fraud risks. Visit them on the web at onapsis.com. Signal Sciences is the industry's first web protection platform that works in any cloud, any container, any platform as a service, and any modern application architecture. The Signal Sciences web protection platform can be deployed in next generation WAF, RASP, or reverse proxy modes, giving customers ultimate flexibility and coverage. Protect your web applications with Signal Sciences web protection platform. Signal Sciences, securing code and connecting teams. For more information, check them out at signalsciences.com forward slash ESW. Endgame automates the hunt for both known and never-before-seen adversaries in enterprise networks. Built on unique knowledge on the adversary's tools, techniques, and tactics, Endgame's centrally managed agent prevents, detects, and responds to advanced adversaries in the earliest stages of the kill chain without prior knowledge. Endgame, automate the hunt. Welcome back, everyone. A quick announcement, ITPro.tv's courses now include ITIL, Managing the Lifecycle, and Microsoft Hello for Business. Premium annual memberships include all video content, as well as access to virtual labs and Q&A forums. You'd pay normally $85.70 a month or $857 a year, but we have a special offer for our listeners for a limited time only. Get 50% off a monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription, itpro.tv forward slash security weekly. What's the discount code for this show? Is it SW50? It's SW50. SW50 is the discount code. That's awesome. Uh, from our friends at IT Pro TV, which very quickly, speaking of uh, travel, Jeff's going to give uh, some awesome insights into IBM's Interconnect conference. Um, <coughs> Riley uh, of our production staff and Sam, our operations manager, and myself and several other characters from the security community got on a bus and visited the IT Pro TV studios, and there it is just awesome. Awesome. Hilarity ensued. There was a lot of hilarity. There was a lot of shenanigans, but uh, their studio is just, I mean, as much as they talked it up, it lived up to my expectations and exceeded my expectations. Um, I, I was impressed by some of the, the nerdier details. Like when we lo- walked into their studio, they've got numerous sets um, with a control center in the middle. And immediately the thing I noticed was, I'm like, I don't see any cables run everywhere. I was impressed with the, the, the planning uh, and design uh, of their studio. Uh, their set design was, was amazing. Uh, their technology was amazing. And they're just in a, an amazing company. I mean, it was very warm welcoming uh, for some of us in the security community to meet up with uh, the fine folks at IT Pro TV. So that was a lot of fun. So new set hey. design coming, Paul. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you would have appreciated, I wish you could have been there, Larry. you would have appreciated some of the things they have uh, on set. They actually have a, a like a fake elevator uh, on set that we were instantly designing like Arduinos and Raspberry Pis to make it look even more realistic and designing segments. I'm like, I totally have a podcast like five minutes from the elevator weekly uh, where I would just like broadcast from the elevator. Yeah, so nice. it was some cool stuff. So do they have that so you can do an elevator pitch? You could, yes. An ele- I would do the elevator pitch weekly, maybe multiple shows from the right. elevator, Jeff. Yeah, right. I like it. And uh, true, true, true confessions, Paul. How many, how many cables are you sitting over on top of right this second? Quite a few, quite a few. <laughs> yep. More than a dozen surround me right now on the floor. Yep. Don't spill any of that uh, lube behind you. That's must. Not so much spilling on the cables as it is just wear and tear. Like they just wear out from being walked on and all that stuff. So we're working on it. 
Cool. So Jeff, tell us about uh, this. Was a uh, conference was in uh, Las Vegas, IBM Interconnect yep. 2017, and we they right. actually invited us, which is pretty awesome, actually. It is pretty awesome. You know, obviously IBM's been around for a long time, and uh, I think I think as a company they got started. Uh, I should have this memorized. You know, back in the 30s, I think it was. Wow, was it? Um, and you know they're not quite as old as HP, or maybe mm-hmm. they're a little bit. Actually, I think they go back further. I think they go back to the teens. And uh, you know, when I far, first started out consulting twenty some odd years ago in the private sector, as a consultant, we were always competing against other consulting companies. And the big the big boys were uh, companies like IBM, uh, you know, the, the big five at the time, accounting firms. But mm-hmm. there was a saying. Uh, back then, and I think it still pretty much holds true today. Nobody ever got fired mm-hmm. for hiring IBM. Did they make typewriters and back in the day? They did. I made it through college on an IBM Selectric Two typewriter. That's it funny. A friend of mine had a weight. type. Friend of mine had a typewriter repair business and and got to a point and then sold it when when computers started becoming popular, and it actually Smart survived writing. for quite a while after that as well. But he's like, I got, I got out of that stuff uh, when there was this thing called a computer. So. Well, yeah, I mean, well, much like HP, you know, there's this sort of history what the company is known for. Right. My earliest memory of IBM is the electric typewriter, and I think my mom got one surplus. She worked for the government, and they were selling off old ones, and she picked one up for, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks, and I got to take it to, to college. But I wrote all my term papers on this electric typewriter, and I loaned it out. I should have I should have charged people, but I didn't. But a mm-hmm. lot of people used my typewriter because it wasn't common in the early to mid-'80s to ha- even have an electric typewriter. Right. But fast forward a few years, and you, I don't know, you, you might be a little bit too young, but you know, the first personal computers, the, the big splash, was made by the IBM PC, the mm-hmm. IBM desktop. And they were IBM, everywhere. IBM I, had them, I had them in the government. And... Uh, and you know their partnership with Microsoft and and DOS at the time is kind of what launched Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, IBM has a reputation for uh, being innovative, and I actually uh, uh, got in trouble one time many years ago because I was uh, I was working for a company and we had to you know doing PCI work, so we had to tour their data center, which happened to be hosted by IBM. And so I'm in Boulder, Colorado, going through their data center, and we're getting the, the dog and pony show from the IBM you know, site manager, whoever he was. And we're just walking around the hallways and looking through windows at the big operations centers and all the racks and stuff like that. They wouldn't let us in, but they had windows. And I just made some comment, and this was probably 10 years ago at this point, that it, I thought it was interesting that uh, as long as IBM had been around, um, that they'd never changed their uh, color scheme on their logo. And if you remember, IBM used to be sort of a, a grayish-white, kind of a battleship gray, just kind of IBM. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was kind of their logo. Well, I got in a lot of trouble because the IBM people heard it, and I didn't know it at the time, but IBM cares a, a lot about its brand, and they're very protective of their brand, and so on and so forth. So complaints went up the IBM management chain over to our customer, which bled down to... You know, we were the consultants that had been hired, and I got chewed out for, what did you say about IBM? I said, I thought it was interesting that they were still Battleship Gray as their logo. <laughs> but, so, you know, fast forward to a couple weeks ago, and and 
going out to the IBM Internet Connect conference, which is basically there's users conference. And if you've ever been to Black Hat, it's in the same facility, Mandalay Bay. And it's kind of like Black Hat. It's got a huge expo. They've got Mm -hmm. courses and seminars going on. I mean, they had something like 2,300 talks and seminars going on over the course of five days. So it's huge. It's huge. And... But it's all IBM or IBM partners. I mean, right. the whole expo floor was IBM. So you didn't have a thousand different booths from a thousand companies. Event, yeah. You had a thousand different business units or partners or you know, right. areas of But focus. when you think it about the, all IBM. When you think about the technology, Jeff, I'm sure IBM is still big on D V two and AS four hundred and is a AIX, are they still selling the AIX brand of, of Unix I did machines? see AIX. Yeah. I thought it had gone away, but I did see an AIX and rack. OS390, OS so they're still big on their, their mainframe. The, is it the Z yep. platform still? I believe so. I mean, my, my <clears throat> focus was security. They, yeah. uh, they have a business unit now, IBM Security, which was spun up, uh, I want to say, in 2011. And, uh, well, you know, it was funny. So I go out there and I'm like, IBM security, I'm here to learn because I don't really know what they're doing. And I got to go to a lot of presentations and talks and they had a huge, probably 50 foot by 50 foot booth that was just IBM security. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, gradually I remembered, oh yeah, IBM. They bought this company. company. Yeah. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, and I think it started with ISS. Actually, I it think did. it started with, uh, I've got a cheat sheet here, with AppScan. I think AppScan was the first thing that they bought. No, I think it was back. before, well, they had uh, NetRanger, was their IDS that they bought a long time ago? Right. So, you know, they've bought a lot of technologies, and, and so they, they bought into, like, you know, in the early days of internet security where there were startup companies that were quickly acquired by larger companies. IBM was one of them. But uh, the biggest one that I remembered was ISS. Mm-hmm. And so they still have X-Force as a brand. X-Force mm-hmm. was you know, the, the hacker dev O'Day finding team for ISS back in the day. And they still call their consulting X-Force and they yep. still do pen testing. And in fact, uh, I think it's uh, Chris Poulin, uh, who I saw at the InfoSec World works for X-Force. Sounds right. The, and the I met um, I met someone else who was my A for the day at InfoSec World in terms of uh, vendors. Her name was Camilla. Uh, she actually worked at uh, IBM, uh, not at IBM, but for ISS, uh, pre getting bought by IBM, which then didn't surprise me that she was my A for the day in explaining uh, vendor for explaining what problem they solve and what their products do. She was my A for the day. Hi, Camilla. You're awesome. She, we got high fives going <laughs> on. She was my A for the day. So cool. Yeah, so, you know, gradually as the week progressed, I realized, oh, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, this product and that product. That used to be such and such a company. So, um, you know, they've obviously gotten very serious. It's a separate business unit, IBM Security. That's, you know, they've embraced the fact that that's a big part of this whole Internet security thing. And, of course, the, the main themes of the whole conference were, uh, moving to the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, the Internet of Things, and uh, machine learning, which is Watson, which is what they call cognitive. So, you know, those were sort of the overarching themes. I mean, starting from the opening keynote, the the chairman and, and CEO of and president of IBM, a um, woman named Ginny, um, her last name escapes me right now, but uh, very recognizable, very personable, personable. 
and very excited about talking about all the great things that IBM's doing, sort of tackling a lot of the problems um, that you know of mankind, like you know uh, medical research, and and uh, I mean they they even announced a partnership with HR H and R Block, so Watson now can help you do your taxes, which might not sound like much, but if you have complicated taxes, that's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge deal. So you know they're you know they're a big company uh, trying to solve a lot of the world's problems, make life a whole lot easier, and you know they're, they're still very sensitive to the brand. But you know part of my experience is like, wow, this is not the battleship gray IBM that I knew 10, 15 years ago. They've really taken to heart that, like like many uh, companies in this world. Um, you know, technology is advancing so fast and, and venturing into different areas. They've realized they need to to change and evolve and 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 still be innovators and still be ahead of the curve and do great And I think they have things. done that. I mean, even outside of security. Um, and the reason I know this is because we used to use them for our live streaming. Is uh, UStream? IBM bought uh, UStream, who right. used for a long time uh, for our live stream. So. Uh, that was, and they yeah, bought so, uh, Resilient Systems, uh, going back into security. Yes. Did you get a chance to catch up with the folks from Resilient Systems? People speak pretty highly of their their products. So I did. Um, I actually uh, used to work with a woman at Verisign. She was the sales rep for one of my key Boston-based uh, cust- retail customers. Um, and she actually works for Resilient. And I just happened to notice on LinkedIn, you know, maybe a week before I headed out to Vegas, that... Uh, you know, oh, wait a minute, she's, she's working for IBM now. So I messaged her and said, are you going to be out in Vegas? She goes, yeah. I said, so am I. So we got together and, and it turns out she's working for Resilient. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I got to talk to her and she introduced me to some of the Resilient folks, the, the, the CEO of Resilient, who's now, I guess, you know, executive VP of Resilient or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is he gave, you know, he gave one of the talks that, uh, I, that I sat in on and even, uh, Bruce Schneier, I think's the, um, the CTO for Resilient. Yeah. So he was he one was of the founders of, uh, as an IBM. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's, so he's an IBM advisor now. And, right. and, uh, you know, he gave one of the, you know, the, one of the, the general session talks. So, uh, yes, I did run into Resilient. I actually ran into, um, it was funny cause the booth, that they had for IBM security was two levels. They had a loft sort of mm-hmm. in one corner and I had been, wa- you know, been shown around all the different products and technologies sort of on the main floor, but I was kind of curious, you know, what's upstairs, what's mm-hmm. up there, you know, that hacker mindset, uh, I want to yeah, find yeah. out what's more. So, you know, when they weren't looking, I went up the steps and it turns out that's where the uh, consultants were. That's where the X-Force was. And I started talking to a woman up there and, you know, mentioning that, oh, X-Force, that's old ISS. And she goes, I used to work at ISS. I'm like, wow, you've been here this whole time? She goes, yeah. So she's been, you know, with IBM slash ISS for like 12 years. So we were just talking about old times and what life was like. You know when ISS was ISS, and, and <laughs> was know, it in just, the when did the uh, IBM acquire ISS? Was it right in the early two thousands? It was pretty uh, early on, right? Because they no, it was. I I thought it was earlier too. It was yeah. actually the end of two thousand six. So oh, it's, okay. it's been just over ten years. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it seems like it's been forever, doesn't it? Mm. Because, but uh, you know, I, I was kind of impressed because I you know I was like I said I've been around from the beginning and and sort of the first wave of security companies that formed like in the mid to late nineties, most of them got sucked up, you know, within eighteen to twenty four months. You know, Ron Gula's first company, mm-hmm. 
you know, the Dragon IDS, uh, Network Security Wizards, lasted all of 18 months before they got acquired. The Wheel Group, which was the big daddy back mm-hmm. then, they were acquired by Cisco you know, within 18 months, two years, something like that. Computer Associates, Network Associates, they were sucking up everybody. So, and, and what they did in those days was basically they were applying, buying companies to get a specific technology and they sort of cast aside whatever else they acquired. Cause a lot of these companies had consulting groups and I've always, you know, sort of had a bias towards consulting and many consultants were kind of cast aside because these companies were acquired to get a specific technology. They've got a mm-hmm. firewall, they've got an IDS, they've got an IPS. A web app, uh, I've even bought one of the web app scanning companies that was big in yeah, app, two, scan. app scan in two, yeah. that was like in the 2006 kind of, uh, time yeah. frame because I remember we had it like we're just starting or just started the uh, podcast and they were uh, big and their founder was very ener- energetic individual I don't remember his name but um, uh, and then like instantly they were like swallowed up by IBM and I mean they still have a great web app scanning uh, platform to this day which one so I, uh, La- I Larry I think it was in 2005 when we were at the conference that started this podcast that AppScan, yeah. what were they called back then? I don't even remember now. Was, the, was, that, be, NTO, uh, was that NTO software. Spider? Nope, it was way before no. NTO Spider. I don't remember the name of the company, but they had one of the big app scanners at the at the time. <clears throat> yep. But, uh, you know, sort of that first generation, that first wave of acquisitions, I, I think IBM... Uh, I don't recall that they were really involved in that, but they certainly took a lesson. I, I was very impressed that I met somebody that was, and there was quite a few people that were still from the original ISS still working for IBM. I thought that was a, a great testament to, mm. oh, I, IBM's doing something right that they haven't cast everybody off, and uh, especially from the consulting side. So like the, the guy that runs X-Force, a gentleman named Charles Henderson, he and I used to work together way back at Trustwave. And, um, you know, I, I had a chance to very briefly uh, meet up with him. I hadn't seen him in years. And, you know, we're going to get together again sometime soon. But uh, so, you know, that was going into it, like just sort of getting my head around, oh, IBM. Yeah, that, that this is what's going on. The, you know, the special sauce, what's the big thing about so much of what IBM's doing is this whole idea of machine learning and cognitive. And they're trying to apply that to all the different technologies that they have. And that was a lot of the talks that I heard. And, and, you know, probably, you know, one of the most significant ones was they they were talking about Q-Radar, you know, their threat detection platform, Um, you know, which you can argue whether you like it as a platform, remember the legacy before it was acquired. But applying the machine learning, applying Watson to it, they were talking about... um, you know, 85 minutes to to the average time to, to handle an event down to two minutes. That's significant. That's saying something. And I might not have the numbers right, but, you know, they have they have talks out there. But it was something huge like that, 80-something 80, 80 down to one or two minutes. Um, so there's certainly the idea that machine learning and that much computing power and automation being applied to, I think, what a lot of times we agree to is this overwhelming amount of data that's coming in in terms of you know just network activity having to monitor everything how do you know what's right what's wrong what's good what's bad yeah you know, we talked about it with the sorry was Jeff, name? i was End confusing i was ago. confusing uh ibm and in hp hp bought spy dynamics 
That was the company oh, okay. I was actually thinking of. Okay. And then around the same time, I think, IBM, AppScan was originally developed by an Israeli software company, Sanctum Limited. So they both made acquisitions yes. in, that, in that area. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So it was AppScan, and what was the HP? Uh, HP's uh, was WebInspect, and that was uh, originally Spy Dynamics. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's all coming back to us. Mm. So, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that IBM has, has got going for it is obviously the Watson and the way the Watson is uh, being applied in many places. And they're making a serious investment into putting Watson into uh, the Security Operations Center. In fact, somebody decided to innovate and... Uh, and uh, you know, give Watson a voice so you could actually talk interactively with Watson. So, and they had a demonstration of that. Um, it, it was weird, but it was kind of cool too. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the companies now that are you know have if you go to a website and the little thing pops up, hey, talk to somebody now. Well, you're really talking to a bot, right? And uh, it, it was it reminded me of that a little bit, but on a much larger scale. Um, one of the really coolest things that they talked about, and it's in Cambridge, we should somehow do a security weekly field trip or something, but the X-Force has opened up a command center and they call it a cyber range. And what they're doing is they've set up a mock company and a mock security operations center. They invite companies to come in and not just the tech people. And they, in fact, they're not even focused on the admins and, and the security people. They want the managers to come in. They want the, the, the C-level people to come in. And they go through a mock exercise of a breach. Like they have a room with a green screen and they say, okay, the media wants to talk to you in 90 seconds. Who's going to go talk to the press? go and then they make you go do it and so they just kind of they, they're not going through the detection they're going through the response what do you do in terms of a breach you know who's calling law enforcement who's the who's the public relations liaison who's getting in touch with it you know if it's a if it's a retail thing the card brands or whoever you know the governing agencies are and they they have this half day program set up where you just go in and experience how to handle a breach that sounded really cool I was hoping to to try to get a tour of it next week when I'm up at the, in the area for B sides, but they're not going to be around. But we should definitely try to do like a, you know, a road trip or broadcast, you know, remotely from the the cyber range sometime that's over in Cambridge. Nice. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, and and to underscore the fact that you know, just some closing thoughts that IBM has humanity in mind and they're trying to better society. I thought one of the coolest things was, you know, they had 20-some thousand people attending, and the whole time it was going on in a corner of the, um, of the uh, expo area, uh, the convention center area, they had uh, a group come, come in that was uh, assembling um, basically food packages, putting meals together, and they had everybody volunteer their time. So all the attendees, all the executives, all the important people all took time to go over and help package up and create meals for hmm. for underprivileged and poor people in, in third world countries and, so, and stuff like that. And their oh, goal was cool. to their goal, I think, was to get 100,000 meals assembled, and they got close. They got before they had to shut it down. I think they got to 75 or 80,000, something like that. So it was just kind of cool to see, you know, important people, you know, managers, guests, you know, everybody just kind of rolled up their sleeves, put on the plastic gloves, and you know, had to wear the mask because mm -hmm. I had a beer. 
and, and a hairnet and all that, kind of, even though I don't well, have you any don't hair. Well, you really need the hairnet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, rules are rules, and I followed the rules. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of cool. And um, so, yeah, they're doing some amazing things, and they're, they're definitely focused on security because it's security that, you know, they recognize is kind of not going away and is kind of an important piece to this whole puzzle we call life. Awesome. Well, thanks for the update, Jeff. That's really cool. I'm glad... Um I'm actually, I'm glad actually you get to spend some time with both <clears throat> two of the largest companies in technology that and it's refreshing mm-hmm. for us in security to see that they have a, a, a focus on security uh, and get Absolutely. put up with them. So that's awesome. All righty. And that- ra- randomly, just final thought, uh, not that anybody cares, but the first day I'm there, I go on the Twitter and I see a picture <clears throat> of Jason Street saying, hey, I'm in Vegas. I'm like, dude, you're in Vegas? I'm in Vegas. So I got together with Jason and we hung out one night. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. It was fun to see another hacker in Vegas. Cause, yeah. You know, it's weird to be in Vegas <laughs> without it's another not hacker. Hacker summer. Yes, game. yes. <laughs> Need to buddy up with hackers in Vegas. I agree. With that, we're going to take right. a short break. Come back and talk about the security news for this week. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 